Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ Chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa and hello. Welcome back to all of you f- to Jules from NZ. Kei te pehea koutou, how are you all? Kei pai, I am good. Over Christmas, I actually went to stay with family in Auckland. It inspired all sorts of upcoming topic ideas that I'm really excited to get started on, researching and bringing to you. But I want to start this year off by telling you about the most fun time I had with my family, eating delicious food, waving my hands like crazy in the air, and screaming with fear and delight. That's right. It's time to introduce you to Aotearoa, New Zealand's largest theme park. It's time for Rainbow's End. Treasures from the Vault Backpacks packed with sunscreen, something warm and a water bottle. We bundle into cars, calling shotgun and heading out. In a while, we arrive at the colourful gates of Rainbow's Inn, and the mood is high! We're already discussing what rides we will go on, in what order, and how many times. There is a lot of no way am I riding that one going on as we watch the rides going through their morning safety testing. We open zippers on bags for security and wave at Ray and Bo, the mascots of Rainbow's End. I'm almost giddy as I look out over the park. I haven't been here in quite a few years, and there are some twinges of sadness nostalgia remembering when mum used to be here to hold my hand on the scary rides. I look over to where the pirate ship used to be. It was the first ride we went on. There's now a sad little memorial of the captain's wheel and a plaque commemorating the ship's years of service to the thrill-seeking community. My niece and nephew have me by the hands and they're dragging me towards the first lot of rides with absolute excitement of young people. So there's no time for memories anymore. It's onwards towards the towering presence of the fearful, which I am absolutely not going on. And that's how my visit started for me. But how did Rainbow's End begin though? Well, it was born actually a year before I was, in 1982 in Manukau, Auckland, on the site of a former skate park. The attractions the park opened with were the bumper boats, the mini golf, the Can-Am cars, the Mirage cars, and video games. The bumper boats was the only thing still going to this day, exactly how it opened, basically. And, yep, they're kind of exactly what you'd think they'd be, only uh, more complicated to drive. They're basically powered donuts that you steer in a way that seems completely backwards. You only just get the hang of it and you have to drive back into the park like little spots. And there is always one person like helplessly spinning in the middle of the pool unable to get back in by themselves. It's pretty hilarious really and you get pretty wet. In 1983, when I was born, new attractions opened. The Cinema 180, which was one of those old, like, floor-to-ceiling, deeply curved screens that they play crazy movies on that would make you sway about while you stood up. There was also the maze, the indoor play area, and my personal favourite, already mentioned, the pirate ship. A giant ship swing with um, just the bow and the captain at its wheel to the stern. It would sing, swing so high that as it dropped down, you'd lose your stomach and ruin your appetite for lunch completely. I'm terrified of falling, 
not really the heights, but the damage ground can do when you're at height. So that's why I love swings. You never hit the ground. Well, I mean, I still hate heights. So, yeah, but anyway. In 1984, the Dodgems open, where my sister and I got out our aggression by slamming rubbery carts into each other. And then the ride that scared me the most as a kid, the log flown. I know, I know. You're laughing at me, right? But there is something terrifying about the slow, watery trek into a dark, dripping tunnel down a terrifying death slide. Clearly, someone else thought it was terrifying too, because skipping ahead a bit in time, in June of 1998, it was set on fire by two arsonists, and 75% of the ride was actually destroyed. But sadly, it was reconstructed and rethemed again before opening as the Enchanted Forest Log Flume. And sure, it's pretty cute now with its cutesy name and its cutesy theme and stuff and its mini drops, but its big watery drop finish, but it's still not my favourite. And there's a good reason for that too. Skipping ahead in time even further now to the 10th of November 2012 when it attempted murder. Well, I mean, when a woman got trapped on the ride anyway. Firefighters were called to the theme park to free the woman and had to actually cut up parts of the ride to get her free. A fire service spokesman said it was unclear how she actually became trapped and she was taken by ambulance to Middlemore Hospital with only minor injuries. But even at Christmas it took prisoners. My cousin's cap flew off and landed in the pond nearby. Luckily for us, they were able to fish it out I still rode it five times, though, just regardless of the watery death drop, because my niece wanted to ride it with me. And I really, really love my niece, so ride I must. The log flume has tried to claim victims before, though, so I feel like it's just waiting for me, you know? Back on track now, in 1986, the most important attraction in the history of Aotearoa New Zealand opened. The Coca-Cola Corkscrew Coaster! Again, I hated this as a kid. It was so high it made me freak out and I couldn't even enjoy the thrilling twists and turns because I was crying too hard. It was actually manufactured by Aerodynamics and it is... To this day, the only one of its kind in the country. It's over 90 foot, which is 27 meters high, and contains three inversions, a vertical loop, and a double corkscrew. And when I rode it again at Christmas, I finally got over my fears. Well, I mean, not really, but I was able to ride it several times with my my cousin and I talking to each other about um, anything. On the way up, we were like, hey, I like chocolate. Do you like chocolate? What did you have for breakfast? I had this for breakfast. Okay, great. Literally anything that will distract us from the fact that the roller coaster is doing that click, 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 thing as it like chucks you to the top, you know? But, and I did actually get to squeal with glee riding the corkscrew, which, by the way, is painted in rainbow colors and goes over the top of a walkway, which makes for pretty incredible selfies. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. On the 10th of February, 1990, something tragic happened that I'm sure Rainbow's End would rather forget. Thomas Wayne Hemi, 19 years of age, fell from a bungee jump at the park. The jump master, 
Jason John Collette actually failed to secure the bungee cord to Hemi's feet. Hemi initially survived the fall, but died while in care from the injuries that he sustained in that fall. Evidence was presented that actually both men had smoked cannabis prior to the jump, and Colette was found guilty of manslaughter. He was granted mercy on the recommendation of the jury and was sentenced to 200 hours of community service. Another reason to not smoke pot, people. Apparently, it makes you forget to tie bungee cords to people's feet when that's your entire job! I do feel sorry for the guy, though. That must have been absolutely horrific to see and to experience and for the park to have experienced. So let's move on past the tragedy. Nothing happened for a while as they dealt with the aftermath of that. But then in 1992, the Motion Master opened. Remember the old Motion Masters? They looked like giant blowflies that wiggled and they sprayed like spits of dribble at you while they slammed you around so hard it's amazing we didn't get whiplash but man they were cool uh i shouldn't say man um folks they were cool it's actually not around anymore sadly it was replaced but more about that later in 1993, the coolest thing on wheels opened and my love affair with go-karts began here. Family carts was an attraction of, with two levels of suitability, one for families and one for older guests. You could race around with a dummy wheel, with somebody else driving, or with the cart all under your own control. The queue was huge for Aotearoa, but I would run around again and again and again, trying to get faster and nail the corners and desperately trying to catch my dad, and it was the best. And then in 1995, a new coaster opened that kids could actually ride, because there was no way kids were riding the Coca-Cola coaster. You know, you had to be so high to ride, you know. Um, And while being a little scary, wasn't pant-wettingly terrifying like the Coca-Cola was either. It went into dark mining tunnels where mining carts attempted to like crash into you only narrowly being avoided at the last minute and as you'd expect the coaster was called Gold Rush. Running on rails along the side of a cliff and then it in parts crossed over the log flume pirate docks and interestingly this ride was custom built by Rainbow's engineers instead of the usual process of purchasing a fully formed concept by a company that would do that for you. With four to a cart and the kids actually able to ride, you can imagine the queues were pretty relentless. And they still are. My niece and I rode that one about five times too, and there was a lot of standing in lines for that. And I've got a fantastic photo of my dad and my sister in the front seat absolutely howling with laughter as they swung around the last corner that proves it puts a smile on more than just kids' faces. But back to the kids' rides. It's 1996 now, and it's time for one that's just for the kids as the car wash convoy opens. Essentially, it's a few cars on a simple loop track with a small hump that go through a brightly painted faux car wash. And the cars are all linked up together, so that's kind of where that whole convoy thing comes in. And it's designed to be a ride that kids go on alone strapped in safely, being able to wave proudly at the parents lined up on the gate with their cameras poised to capture the beautiful moment. My nephew, being younger than my niece, was absolutely enamoured at the freedom that this ride gives, 
and rode it quite a lot while we dutifully let, waved from the sidelines. It was such a hit, in fact, that in 1997, Cadbury Land Castle opened around the car wash convoy area with more rides for young kids that the parents could choose to go on with the even younger ones. Rides like a carousel, a ferris wheel, the dragon's flight roller coaster. Now there was a ride for every age of kid and it was intensely popular for birthday parties of all ages. Having dutifully catered for the young families, it was time to get back to the very serious business of scaring the pants of fully grown adults. So in 2001, a ride opened that I have never been on and will never go on. The Fearful. Exactly what it sounds like. You get strapped into a chair, head up an 18-story tower, and then when you're thinking about how cool the view is way up here, they drop you and you plummet to your doom. I mean... To the bottom of the ride. They describe it as a Intamin drop ride and I made the mistake of researching that to find out about the company Intamin just in case there was something interesting. There was. Uh, they made the Superman ride from Six Flags in Massachusetts that over the course of a few years ejected two people to their deaths along with multiple other incidents and I know I know this right like being a company that makes amusement park rides must have its incidents as people do dumb stuff like loosen their harnesses and rah 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 but honestly reading these two mechanical incidents that killed them it hasn't exactly made me more keen to go on it kind of the opposite really though Rainbow's End has never had an incident with this ride they still say that it drops at speeds reaching 80 kilometers or 50 miles per hour before the magnetic brakes kick in. It's the sort of ride that you don't even really manage to get the scream out before it's over because it knocks the breath right out of you. Again, never, ever, 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 nope, nope, nope. But that wasn't enough for this crew of adrenaline suppliers and next up to open in 2004 is the Power Surge. Now, we've nicknamed this one the Power Chuck, and I'm sure you can figure out why, but just in case that needs more explaining, let's explain how the ride works. They describe it like this. The Power Surge is a thrill ride that can spin on both a horizontal and vertical axis. But that doesn't really paint the picture. So here goes my attempt. You get in a seat in which your legs are free to kick around, and above you it's attached to an arm. And beside you is another seat, like, facing the same... No, facing the opposite way that you are. The same way? The opposite way. Oh, my God. I didn't go on it. And there are, like, six arms. Maybe five? Ah, I'm trying to remember what watching people was like. Anyway, the shape is kind of like a star. So at the ends of each of the arms, there's these two chairs. So the star shape is attached to a bent-over arm. And when the ride gets going, this arm kind of straightens up, meaning that you're in parts spinning like a ferris wheel would, but then it also sort of rolls around like crazy and your seat pair unlocks, so your seat's also spinning around on the arm too. And if you don't have someone in the seat with you balancing the weight against yours, you spin more as gravity inflicts itself on you. And now you're getting the picture. So if you do find yourself feeling a little sick, and succumbing to that illness, well, your puke is incredibly likely to find its way to the other riders spinning below you. And if you're really unlucky, your spin means that you find yourself the recipient of your own gift. 
So it's not so much the stomach churning spinning that puts me off the ride so much as the threat of unexpected coating that keeps me off it. <laughs> In the same year, there's also a new kids ride for the Capriland Castle area, the Jumping Star. It's kind of like a mini Fearfall, but it jumps the kids to the top and the bottom instead of sort of dropping them. Um, and best of all, there are two parent seats for riding alongside the kids. More fun to have together. But now it's 2008 and I need to share another tragic story about Rainbow's End. Now this one is actually a real horror story from inside what should be the happiest place ever, Cabriland Castle. Not so happy for 21-year-old maintenance worker Michael Ross Stewart, who had worked at the park for three years and he started his work day early this day before the park opened doing some maintenance on the Ferris wheel. During this work, he somehow got trapped between one of the carriages and the frame of the ride, and the firefighters had to cut him free. But sadly, they didn't do it soon enough, and Michael died on the scene, and the park shut down in sadness and for investigation. They announced they were shutting due to unforeseen circumstances, and then they reopened two days later. I feel for the team, the friends, the family. You just don't think that kind of accident will ever happen. And it must have been the absolute worst time ever. But the park managed to move on. And so must we, as we have a lot of timeline left. Alright, let's move to 2009, when one of my favourite rides opens. The Invader! I love this one, because it's so clearly a nod to the alien obsession that we have. You get onto the circular disc and sit on these seats that are a lot like an exocycle that kind of face outwards around the outside of the disc. Then there is a seat back that rises up and presses you hard against the handle of the seat. When the disc is released onto the W-shaped track, it uses gravity to slide down the smaller middle hump and up the longer side, and then back across the smaller hump to the longer other side, constantly building in speed and momentum. And as it builds, the disc is also turning slowly around, and by the time you are flying across the middle hump and powering up the side, you're also going up the hill sideways and coming back down facing forward, and it's nuts! The track is 15 metres or 49 foot high and 80 metres or 260 foot long. And apparently it's called a disco coaster and it's made in Italy. It's got the speed, the heights, the stomach dropping slides and you're screaming while challenging each other to keep your arms up when all you want to do is grab the handle. So you get the idea of why it's so cool. In 2012, Rainbow's End wants to move forward from Castle Land, right? And it closes. But it announces on Boxing Day it'll be back with something much better. And when Kids Kingdom, that's kids with a Z, of course it is, right? It's revealed, we are all amazed and people pour inside. It's an outdoor covered area full of rides. The car wash convoy is still there and the carousel is still there, but the new rides are everything. 
There's the surf and swing with the parent seats back again, so you can swing and t- twist through the air all crazy and fun. There's the magic bikes where you can emulate ET and kind of pedal through the air. The harder you pedal, the higher you go, and again, you can bring along the adults to do the hard work for you. And there's the Choco Express, which is honestly my favorite ride in the kids' kingdom. It's a train engine pulling carriages all decorated like candy in this, like, side this colored mural full of candy um and it's around a little mini roller coaster track and if that wasn't enough to explain the twists and the turns are actually really well designed and it has me genuinely laughing along with the kids as we raise our hands going down the dips you know and oh yeah those adult seats are back here too obviously because i'm riding it Honestly, they nailed this area, and they didn't stop there either. The next year, they had also unveiled the indoor section of it, with a cafe for the adults to go grab their crucial coffee while they watched the kids explore the squishy, safety-netted Fortress of Fun or race around Enzo's Country Raceway, as well as all the interactive activities installed for those little kids who can't hold their heads up for too long, you know? This area was so well designed and received that in 2015, it was announced the winner of the Top Family Entertainment of the World Award at the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions Award Ceremony in Florida. So, no small feat considering the competition that they were up against, right? Pretty cool. But back to the rest of the park. And slightly back in time to 2014, when another incredible and groundbreaking ride was unveiled. We welcomed the stratosphere into our hearts and our nightmares. Billed as the scariest ride yet, the Discovery Revolution ride from Zamperia was one of only four in its kind in the world on opening day. So most Discovery rides like this one are shaped like... A long circular shape, kind of on a swing frame. The riders get into seats around the outside of a disc shape, and they're all facing outwards. And then when that long tube shape swings like a pendulum on its frame, it also spins around. So this version not only swings high while spinning, but actually goes right up in the air. So you're upside down, and then goes over completely, and then does that twice at least. You know how as kids we were always swinging higher and higher trying to chase that magic that we'd heard about when you swung right over the bar on a swing? Well, that's what this does. Only it's a giant swing and you're also spinning in circles. So no, you can imagine. I haven't ridden this one either. In fact, just watching this ride actually makes me feel sick. So I can't. There is actually kind of a version for the big sooks like me where you can stand in the line that's labeled half ride and it doesn't go all the way up and over it just sort of swings kind of high and then comes back down again but even that is not for me besides I'd be constantly worried I'd stand in this wrong bloody line and then just I don't know die of fear up there I guess people can do that right anyway back to making history this time we're ending some as in 
2015, after 32 years of operation, Rainbow's End closed and demolished the Cinema 180. This was actually the last of its kind still in the world. So that's kind of sad, but not really surprising, considering how technology and therefore our sense of wonder had moved on quite a lot from the time when that was cool. Uh, in 2016, the park and the Dodgems ride got a polish. The Dodgems were completely refurbished with all new cars and a sweet 1950s drive-in theme. Makes sense, considering they had been in action since 1984, right? And that would have been 32 years of kids just abusing their carts and their siblings. And the park's polish was another shiny trophy on their mantle as they were announced fifth in a TripAdvisor list of top amusement parks in the South Pacific. Again, not too bad for little old New Zealand. Now we're moving ahead. In 2017, Rainbow's End gave a nod to one of their sponsors and also ventured into road safety as they opened AA's Driver's Town. AA being the main roadside assistance and one of the many insurance companies here in Aotearoa. Was this a clever ruse to teach our tourists to drive on the right side of the road, which of course is the left? Or was this nothing more than just letting kids copy adults by letting them behind the wheel of their very own miniature Suzuki Swift? Whatever the reason, kids can drive on proper two-way roads and experience the joys of traffic lights and roundabouts. I find this ride kind of absolutely hilarious, but it works. Kids queue for it, and who knows, maybe there'll be better drivers for it. But also in 2017, that thing happened that gave me great pain and sadness that I've already mentioned. After 34 years of hard-swinging labor, the pirate ship sailed its last on the high seas. No more would adults groan as lunches were lost. And Rainbow's End knew this one was a big call, and that's why that memorial still stands there. Rainbow's End is constantly revising its rides and looking to create the next exciting thing, but space is a huge factor, and so I understand why it went. And I'm excited to see what will one day take its place because it's not open yet. So exciting. After a couple of years, closing the Rainbow's End um, Play Lab opens, uh, replacing the arcade. So while still being a arcade area, it now includes virtual reality, esports, gaming and escape rooms. With its flashing lights and high tech, this area puts up a decent fight for your time versus the big outdoor rides. So definitely check it out. And continuing the theme of placing old technology with new, in 2019, the Motion Master closes and is removed to be replaced in 2020 with the Spectra XD ride. The Spectra is an interactive theatre experience with several dimensions of special effects. There's all the usual motion seats, water, heat, crazy sounds, but now you're also armed with a gun and shooting the enemy on the screen. And you're scored on how good your shooting is. And I had an absolute blast knocking down bandits, trying to rob us while avoiding the innocent civilians. And I was actually laughing so hard that I didn't pay attention at the end as the first screen with your picture and your scores came up. And then I just didn't see myself on any other screen. So I have no idea what place I came, but it must have been in the top five, which is pretty cool. And that, my gems, with that small boast, brings us up to current day. 
I haven't mentioned the sideshows of carnival rides and games open on the weekends and holidays, or the center stage with its huge covered eating area, and regular shows on holidays and weekends to engage the kids with the park's mascots, Ray and Bo being the stars of the show, of course. But now I have. I was really excited to share this episode with you all. I had quite a lot to say about this one, place as it turns out. I know it's a strange one to spend it on an amusement park, in, but in Aotearoa, New Zealand, we're quite proud of our rainbow's end. And I have so many fond memories of time spent inside its walls, including the time I just spent over Christmas. So I wanted you to know all about it. Hopefully when you're able to visit New Zealand again, this makes the list of must-see places. Make sure to invite me and I will see you there. I'll hold your bag while you ride the stratosphere and I'll give you a big hug afterwards when you're shaking with fear. <laughs> anyway, personal thanks to my gems, Shell Scott, Glenn, James, Jason, Laren, KP and Ezekiel. I could not do this without all of you and I know you know how much I appreciate you. Please check the Patreon for a special thanks for what you enabled me to do at the beginning of this year, which was pretty special to me. So... I am not going to cry. I'm told myself I'm not going to cry, but thank you. Um, next week's episode is actually about something that is happening right now with a whole load of drama. Uh, the America's Cup. So tune in to hear about how good we are at sailing in New Zealand and how I firmly believe that it should be called the Aotearoa Cup. If you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, please give the show a review on the platform of your choice. It all helps. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, but you will have to have a wee search because I'm now called Jules from NZ. And typically in Jules fashion, I've spelt that differently from this podcast. So where you can find me on all of those social medias is under my name, J-U-L-Z from NZ. Uh, and obviously the podcast is referring to the Jill, the sparkly one. So that won't get confusing at all, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, enohora, kakiteano, aroha nui. Goodbye, I'll see you again soon, and I love you so much. Mwah. Bye.